0: Welcome to Tice Talks, the podcast of Dr. David Tice, Senior Pastor of Liberty Baptist Church in Las Vegas. Today, we're continuing our series on the family with a conversation with Pastor Matthew Tice about convictions and preferences. And now, our host, Dr. David Tice.
1: Well, we are so thrilled to be here today. I have uh, Matt Tice, my son, with us on this fourth episode. Uh, I am so glad that he's here. Hey, we like to start off by just doing some light things and having some fun, and so uh, you. When we were sitting in church the other day, we were talking, and uh, and I, uh, you said you told somebody a joke, and I thought, what What is that? Tell me, tell me. And you told me this joke.
0: Why don't you? Well, just tell- I think it's important that if we're talking about standards and convictions, we talk about things that are important to us. In 1985, when you went to the White House to meet with President Reagan, you flew back and you stopped in the Chicago O'Hare Airport. And you bought me a uh, pennant that would become the impetus for my love of football and a football team and it it was reminded me about uh the importance of family and the tragedy of divorce mm-hmm. and uh you know divorce is a horrible thing yeah, that is it's a horrible it, thing it's plaguing our society yeah in fact, not too long ago the um the mama bear and Papa bear decided that they were going to split up you okay. Okay. and um, they went before This the is judge. the
1: this is the Goldilocks uh the three bears people,
0: right? Yeah, these were the real ones, not the, the ones portrayed in the that's right the storybook, in the fairy
1: fairy tale. That's yeah. not this is this is a real real story.
0: It really is tragic. Okay. <laughs> and so they were they were getting a divorce and couldn't reconcile their differences. They were before the judge and after all their bickering back and forth, the judge looked at baby bear and said Uh, Baby Bear, do you want to live with Papa Bear? And Baby Bear emphatically said, no, I do not want to live with Papa Bear because he beats me. So the judge looked at Baby Bear and said, so I would imagine that you want to live with Mama Bear then. He said, no, I don't want to live with Mama Bear. She beats me too. The judge kind of at its wits end said, well, who do you want to live with? And he said, oh, I want to live with the Chicago Bears because they don't beat anybody. (laughs) And so, that's they became my team. But I understand that that's a, that's a conviction. It's a preference. It's a standard in my life, and maybe not always the most uh, important.
1: All of our all of our uh, Wisconsin fans will just love hearing that. The uh, the uh, Green Bay Packer fans will love hearing that joke, and I'm sure they'll share that uh, with all their friends. God bless those yes. folks. <laughs> yes. So. Okay, so we're talking today specifically, as you said, about preferences as compared to convictions. When I hear that term in my mind, I think back to when I was in Bible college, and I think about Dr. David Gibbs uh, standing before us and preaching to us about the differences between preferences and convictions. Mm. At that point, he said to us that the courts recognize a conviction as something that you're willing to die for, and a strong prefe- uh, uh, a strong preference is just something that you're uh, that you str- feel strong about, but it's really not a conviction uh, what Tell me what your thoughts are about preferences as compared to convictions?
0: well, growing up, we lived in Las Vegas, but you and mom were always very authentic and real about teaching us the difference between this is what the Bible says, and because the Bible says this, this is why we do this, and then it's applied in this way. So I would say there's actually three parts to it. I would say there's principles that we live by. The Bible is the Word of God. It's unshaking. It's immovable. The Bible says something. We do what the Bible says. But within the Bible saying something, there can be a range of different convictions. So the Bible says that women are to adorn themselves in modest apparel— so we believe the Bible is true. We have a conviction that women should dress modestly, but then we adopt standards based upon that, uh, that conviction. So, so the Bible's a principle, there's a conviction, but then those standards are arbitrary and you have to have grace where people's standards might not line up with what your specific standard so, is.
1: So somebody's standard, for instance, might be that if, if modesty to them means that a woman has to always wear a dress, or that it has that dress has to be a certain length. Uh, there are people that I know that um, believe that a woman needs to be covered even outdoor to her elbows, or, or her, her need, they need to be covered, and uh, or and that her dress has to be mid uh, calf. And there are people who believe differently about those standards. So you're saying there's a Bible principle that we would all agree on, and that is modesty. But when it comes to what are the standards of what is modest and what isn't modest that's adapted primarily be by the context that we live in or or by our world view that that we can't really come to the bible and say well this is an absolute um principle bible principle there is a principle that says modesty but what modesty is is going to be determined by the individual family or individual churches
0: and there's grace in that, So um, this is a weird example, but in my home when my children were growing up, we wouldn't let our kids watch Spongebob Squarepants because we had three daughters and I just didn't want them thinking that burping and being crass and rude was something that was behavior they should be involved with. But multiple Christians—this is shocking—multiple Christians would allow their children to watch Spongebob Squarepants. Yeah. Does that mean that they are against God? Does that mean that they have turn their children over to Satan for the destruction of flesh? Not necessarily, they just have a different standard. Do they want to, their children to be raised up holy and loving the Lord? Yes, but their standards are different, though we might have the same Bible convictions and principles. I remember preaching in a uh, in a Christian
1: camp, a very st- solid conservative Christian camp, and a lady raised her hand and asked me, she said, what would you do if you had a friend who would allow their children to watch. And then she named a certain a series of movies that had come out um, reflecting C.S. Lewis's uh, um, uh, books. And, and uh, she said, I just was appalled and won't let my children go over there. And I thought, lady, you're talking to somebody who owns that series in his house. right? Uh, godly woman. And uh, yet... At that point, she had a she had totally different standards than I did when it come when it came to watching that particular movie. I think the grace that you're talking about has to go both ways. I think that it's very important. Uh, We grew up going uh, when you were growing up. We went to places that had convictions or standards that were a lot different than ours. And every time we went, we determined, hey, we're this is their place we're going to mold into their standards whether or not we believed their standards we went there and explained to you and i think it's important we explain to our children why we why do we do this here and we don't do it someplace else so your kids don't think that you're hypocrites grace and discretion are very very important and uh, i would say to my kids I would say to my kids they when they asked me is it all right to why is it all right to wear pants for instance for my girls one place and they and we can't wear them at this particular place that we're going to and my response my I taught them this way I said listen is it all right for dad to wear pajamas and uh, she they would say yes it's uh, do I wear pajamas yes I do and and then I'd say well is it all right for me to wear pajamas while I'm preaching Sunday morning they'd say no And I'd say, no, because certain things are okay. Certain places and certain things are not okay other places. And that's called discretion. And teaching our children discretion allows them to see that we're not being hypocritical. We are bowing in grace to another person's preference. Mm
0: -hmm. And I think it goes back to the place of what are the principles that we believe in? So you could name it. You could go to dress. It could go to entertainment. It could go to should we go to church on Wednesday nights, Sunday nights? Should we be involved with this Bible study? Should we be involved with this social outreach or this community project or serving in Sunday school? And I, to me, I think that you always look at the principles of God's Word. So when we say, uh, for everything that we do in life, there should be some basis, some principle for why we do or what we don't do. So going to Sunday night church, the Bible says... Um, not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. So we go to, so we have church services. Can somebody come to a place and say, well, I don't feel it's important to go to a Sunday night service. When you're talking with your children or when you're talking even with yourself, you've got to say, is this a Bible principle or am I allowing emotion to dictate what I now, do?
1: Now, wait a minute. Are go you ahead. telling me that Jesus didn't ordain Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night? Where have you gone? What have you gone wrong? What did your mother teach you that I that I didn't?
0: I just think um, I, I can't find a sc- chapter and verse where it said Sunday night service is in the Scripture, though I attend faithfully. Haven't you Sunday read First Tice chapter 3? No, we're only... Well, I should have. It's on but the it has, Talks. It hasn't <laughs> been produced yet, so <laughs> we're working on that. Okay. But my point is, people live life without considering their principles, and so when we want to live biblically, and this is something that you and mom did, I think, well with us as kids, is teaching us there's a biblical foundation for what we do. This is the conviction that we have. We think that, children, that we should be in church as often as possible. So we go on Sunday night services. And so our standard is this is a regular pattern that we have adopted. And when people start living intentionally, here's a principle from the Bible. I do this, rather than living by emotion— rather than living by a cultural dictate, but being able to hone their beliefs upon the Word of God, that's transformative, because you've developed a disciple then, not just somebody who's living by a list of rules. And I think we as Christians, we have this inclination to check, 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 check. We've got all these check marks of rules that are placed upon us, and uh rather than allowing the Holy Spirit and the scriptures to work in our lives
1: it's really even as you say those there's certain things I can remember as as time rolled on and our culture changed I, I got to thinking man it's really I mean the, the question of Sunday morning Sunday night and Wednesday night that was so regimented in my mind that to change that is like oh, there's something there's That has got to be, there's got to be something sinful about that. And you want to go back and defend it biblically. But really, the the truth of the matter is, the principle is, hey, I want to be in the house of the Lord as often as possible. There is no Bible, Sunday morning, Sunday, or or, um, uh, other things, wearing a tie. I remember the first time I saw a preacher without a tie preaching, thinking, wait a minute, that's disrespect for the house of God. But where does it say that in Scripture? Uh, somebody might think that coming to the house of God, uh, since it's since it's my father's house, I should be able to dress casually. And, and but that, in my mind, because I have grown up, or I've grown up in fundamentalism, um, uh, with with that with, with saying this is right, this is conforming, and this is right. It really, uh, I had to really search in my mind and go to the scriptures and say, okay, look. Scripture doesn't say thou shaltest wearest a tie. Uh, the The Bible doesn't say that. Uh, I have to look at my my life and say, does my is am I forcing somebody into a standard that I have in oh, my life, yeah. or am I teaching people to live by convictions? And I think it's so much better if we teach people. The Bible and teach people why. Now, there's reasons for Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday sure. night. There's there's reasons in our culture that it fits well, uh, and that and and I think oftentimes, hey, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Uh, but but we really, if we're going to be biblicists, if we're going to be fundamentalists, and we have to understand that that the Bible, the, the that that that. A conviction isn't a conviction unless it's a Bible conviction. So, um, so uh, convictions versus standards very, very, very important. So, uh, so you talked about principles. You talked about uh, uh, standards. Um, uh, do you think being having standards in your life or convictions or st- convictions or standards or preferences in your life make you uh unable to reach our culture because that's oftentimes people think hey if if you dress in a certain way or you act a certain way or you or you have um uh you have uh certain standards in your life then you're just not going to have any fun in your life
0: yeah i think it's interesting that a lot of times we, we grow in a place in our Christianity where we have our checkbox and says, we've done these things, so we are therefore a good Christian. Peter tried to do that with Jesus when he said, how often should we uh, forgive? Up to seven times. And Jesus said, no, not seven times, up to 70 times seven. And his rule there was, there are no rules here. The rule is, it's a lifestyle. It's not a program. And with our Christianity, it's not something that, I have met this criteria, so now I am acceptable to God. The thing that makes me acceptable to God is my relationship with Jesus Christ. And I am then motivated out of love. Now, I do believe that in the different ages or the different scenarios of life, there are motivations. So we teach our children out of fear. So I don't think there's anything wrong with the hellfire brimstone preaching to a 15-year-old Saying, you do this, you disrespect your parents, you know, you're going to have a tragic life because there is that motivation for fear. But as we grow, that fear that says you're not pleasing to God needs to change into, look at the rewards, the, the blessings of serving God. Look at, this is just our reasonable service, Romans chapter 12, until this place of love where we are living a life out of love rather than I've checked this box, check this box, check this box. We are growing as believers. And sometimes I think we get stuck on that fear motivation. You you haven't done this, so God is angry with you. God's not angry with me. God is pleased with me through the shed blood of Jesus because Christ. Because Christ, that's exactly yeah. right. And, and showing that love and sharing that love. So as a Christian, when I start wanting to discipline my Christian life, athletes discipline themselves, people in business discipline themselves, anyone who's a, a student disciplines themselves— as a Christian, it is right to adopt disciplines in my life. A Daniel prayed three times a day. Oh, that's a good discipline to adopt. He was a hero of the faith. But if I miss a day, does that mean that I have lost this? No, if I understand my identity is found in Christ, that's transformative. But at different stages in life, I might have to emphasize a different aspect of God's character depending on the spiritual maturity of, of where I am. Or where the person is I'm ministering to. Yeah.
1: I think it's really, really important that we teach our kids the consequences sure. of sin. Yeah. Why don't I do that? In fact, I think it's really important. We had so many discussions you growing up. Why can't we do this? Why don't we do this? Or why do we do this? And I remember having a conversation with you about about a certain dress style and I said we're not we're not gonna do that and
0: you said why I and I wasn't I wasn't wearing a dress. Uh, <laughs> it was it was pegging my pants at the bottom like the cool kids now today. I He's actually doing it about 30 years ago.
1: He was cool before anybody else was cool. And I told him I didn't want him to do that. He's trying to be cool. I said, I said look, um, we're not going to wear our pants that way. And he asked me why. And I said, well, because I think that, and I explained to him, I went through about a 30-minute discussion with him driving down the road. I remember down Rainbow Boulevard uh, t- discussing this with him. And uh, I said, do you understand that? And he said, he said no i don't i don't understand that but i said i said well and are you going to wear your pants that way when i'm not around he said no i'm not going to and i said why he said well you're the father and i am the son and i'm supposed to obey you the bible tells me i'm supposed to obey you even if i don't understand and i thought that was great what a terrific what a terrific response uh, because that's a principle of submission to authority that he had learned uh, I think that's so important. I think it's also important, again, that we teach that there are consequences. Uh, when when uh, you we would have relatives come over to our house and they would talk about brag about gambling, uh, gambling. Or
0: drinking, or smoking.
1: So so we would we would talk about the consequences of those sins and why we don't do that. And here's the consequences. And we would talk about the positives um, uh, about the positives of of doing the right thing. And there are positive consequences. So, uh, oftentimes when I'm talking to teenagers, I, I will explain to them that if you learn how to control your passions now, when you're an adult, God allows teenagers to have certain passions, certain desires. But if you learn how to control those passions now, when you're an adult, you won't have to struggle with, uh, with, with overcoming those passions, you've already taken care of that as a teenager. Sure. So.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with that. It's the importance of teaching consequences um, and and understanding that there are standards, there are convictions, but it always goes back if you don't have a Bible principle. Why are we doing this? Okay.
1: So we can take all of that and we can apply it. Uh, we can apply that to dress, as you said, to entertainment, uh, uh, even to, to, uh, doctrines that we teach. Uh, there are, there are fundamental Bible doctrines, fundamental things that we teach that, that, uh, that align us as Bible believers. And then there's, uh, there are other things that are just preferences that we, uh, or standards that we adapt, uh, in order to, uh, make ourselves effective in what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you address that?
0: Well, I would talk about the spiritual disciplines. Going to church is a spiritual discipline that helps you become a Christian, helps you become a better Christian, excuse me. Romans chapter, excuse me, Hebrews ten twenty three talks about us being better in our profession by going to church. Uh, the, the whole book of Psalms speaks about reading our Bible, praying. Um, these are disciplines that when I do them in my life, it helps me to grow. Then there's other things where I say, okay, these are vices, these are opportunities. So in, in our city, smoking marijuana is, is legal. Uh, a Christian in the city of Las Vegas is, in a very real sense, where does it say in the Bible, I should or I shouldn't? Alcohol, gambling in our city. These are standards. These are convictions. Where's a Bible principle? And I would, I would encourage every Christian who's, who's living in this culture to say, I should not just do this because it's now legal. That should never be the case yeah. for a Christian just you because can, it's legal. You can
1: do anything then and and Because uh, what happens Las here Vegas. stays here. Yeah.
0: But in our culture, there has to be a Bible principle for why I will or I will not do it. And the Bible says this, that happy is the man that offendeth not himself in the thing which he alloweth. So there's a conscience of somebody that may or may not accept or reject something. Romans 14 speaks into that. So there's... There has to be a place where I am convinced that what I'm doing is pleasing God because whatsoever is not a faith is what? It's sin. It's sin.
1: And it's not only not just pleasing to God, but what's beneficial to me. He's Paul, Paul said, sure. all things are lawful, but all things are not, not expedient. expedient. All things are lawful, but I'll not put myself under the power of anything. Yeah. So I, I can look at things and say, uh, and say is this thing yeah. sinful maybe it 's not a direct sin in the Bible, but maybe it will affect me in a in a way that i 'm going to be ineffective maybe maybe uh, maybe solomon 's mother knew well that it wasn 't for kings uh, for, for leaders, and we would teach you guys coming up it 's not for leaders to to use wine it 's not for leaders uh, to to drink uh, the Bible tells us this who hath woe, who hath sorrow, who hath uh, continual contentions the the person that tarries long at the wine, to take those principles and say, hey, look, let's apply this and let's look at this. It takes us, it, it allows your children to see the Bible warns about certain things and therefore probably a good thing to stay away from the things that we're warned about. Hmm. Some things were were permitted in the Bible that we wouldn't necessarily do in our culture because it was a different culture and there's greater danger in those things in our day today sure. than there would have been back 2,000 years ago or or beyond that.
0: And that's the purpose, right, to think biblically. Let's take the Bible as our starting point rather than this person says it's okay, whether it's a government official or this pastor says it's okay or this priest says it's okay. Let's take what the Bible says. Let's see the core, the essence of that principle be gracious that other people may apply that in different ways when we can agree upon the spoke that the Word of God is true. And then, frankly, some people who I agree on that, that spoke or that core being the, the truth, I might just feel uncomfortable being around them. We might not want to go to a activity together because the way they would behave at that activity, my conscience would not allow, or the people that I'm involved with would not allow. I'm not going to say that they... I think about going to a swim park, <laughs> you know, so here's a group of people. They're going to a swim park, and their standard is different than my standard. Well, we might be uncomfortable going together. It uh, doesn't mean that they're bad. We don't have to turn them over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh. We can say their their standard is different than us, and in grace, move along, but still teach this is why we do this with grace.
1: Yeah, it's and it's so important. It's so important that we have convictions. I can be a a fundamental Baptist preacher and believe certain things, and yet I can minister to people from all different backgrounds if I am solidly uh, set in my convictions, know my standards, and know my preferences. I can can minister anywhere. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes people are threatened because they don't know where they stand or are they're not firmly entrenched in what they believe and why they believe it and i think it's important as preachers that we teach our people to think biblically one thing i yeah. used to love that dr bill used to say all the time bill used, rice the third yeah bill rice the third used to say you have a bible and you have a brain let's use them both you know mm-hmm. and and that's the truth take your bible take your brain That God gave you, and use it to discern what is truly biblical, what is truly, uh, and what is not truly biblical. And so, Crystal, what do you have to say? (laughs)
0: We'll just wrap it up and say thanks for listening to episode four of Tice Talks, a discussion on biblical principles, convictions, and standards for you and your family. You can visit davidtice.com to pick up a copy of Raising God's Kids in Sin City for more helpful information from Dr. Tice on how to have a godly family. And on our next episode, Pastor Josh Tice, the other brother, uh, he'll join us to discuss church revitalization and church planting.
1: And thank you very much for tuning in. I want to remind you that this is Tice Talks. It's not just a conversation.